Welcome everybody to the Raptors 2K podcast brought to you by Uber Eats. We are back for episode number three, but I gotta I gotta toss to Shane real quick. Shane, what's been going on? We've been going for a little bit, buddy. Give the people a little update on that. Yeah, what's up, Phil? Good to reconnect with you, man. It's uh, we had a little bit of a hiatus, you know, when you're getting a new content series off the ground. Sometimes there are some speed bumps here and there, but uh, I think that's behind us now. And looking at the schedule, we're probably going to be recording like two or three of these a month for the next few months going forward. And it's coming at the right time because the 2K League is just starting to heat up. Uh, we got a great guest today, Toxic, you know, four-year NBA 2K League veteran and uh, the godfather of the Eyeball Empire. Uh, so looking forward to chatting with him. And uh, it's been a big week. You know, we just had our expansion draft. Before that, we had the draft lottery. I won't steal our thunder, but the Raptors uh, did not fare as we had hoped we would in that draft lottery. But that's okay because we got a lot of talent. And uh, while it may have affected our plans just a little bit, uh, we still got a great strategy, I think, heading into the draft. So we'll talk about that. Player protections also uh, happened in the 2K League, so we'll talk a little bit uh, about who the Raptors protected here in a second. Uh, but Phil, I saw you've been uh, out casting events again. I mean, it feels like the pandemic is behind us in the esports world now. Everyone's back on land. You know, my favorite esport, Counter Strike, just had a huge major. You know, almost doubled the record viewership. So esports are back and thriving. But uh, why don't you let the listeners know what you've been up to? For everything I go to, I'm always very cautiously optimistic because i understand like we still have to have a, a certain level of like caution and like security with how we like approach these events so i've been having a good time you know i'm masking up i'm vaccinating all the other fun stuff so you know i feel comfortable going out and uh, being able to get back into the esports esports world got a little bit of a break here coming up between like now and in december which is cool because obviously thanksgiving is the thing i'm really focused on right now but uh, other than that man i'm good i'm gucci and i'm just uh, looking forward to chatting with our guest toxic who I know is eager to get in here as well. Yeah, yeah, likewise. He's uh, he's a league OG and, uh, you know, someone I've had a great deal of respect for uh, ever since. You know, when you're in my role, you're always trying to size up character in the NBA 2K yep. League. And uh, Tox is oozing with character. He's the kind of guy you want in your franchise for sure. Well, well uh, I think it's that time where we order lunch. Given that the podcast say, is brought to us by Uber Eats and the good people at Uber Eats bless us with a free meal every time we do one of these things. Well, I don't know about you. I already plugged in. I'm doing pizza today. Nice pizza. I, I was I at... Uh, go yeah, go ahead. Myself. Now I want to torture myself with some terrible Uber, uh, terrible West Coast pizza. So oh. that's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. At least I know uh, it'll be hot and ready thanks to Uber Eats. <laughs> it's Friday, so uh, you can cheat a little. I was uh, at the Maple Leaf game last night. For any of our listeners who don't know, that's uh, our NHL team here in Toronto. And uh, anytime the night runs late and I responsibly drink a few cocktails, I'm craving my local shawarma spot around here. It's like my go-to. It's been that way since since high school. So I think I'm going to lock in and get myself some chicken shawarma. Shawarma is pretty delicious. I give it up. I give it up. They do, they do it two ways. I mean, you could get the traditional wrap, but uh, they do it also on the rocks, which is like on this like delicious buttery rice, or on ice, which is more on a salad. I love on the rocks, but I still do have a few meetings after this, and it's going to put me into one of those food comas, so I'm probably going to do on ice Don't play here. around with the itis, bro. Don't play around with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's time. too tempting when you have all these options at your fingertips on uh, on Uber Eats. It definitely tests my uh, mental strength from time to time to be able to say no, my restraint. But I'm going to lock <laughs> this in. And reminder, the uh, Uber Pass, if you subscribe to the Uber Pass, you get free delivery, not only on food, but groceries, other things like alcohol. I'll abstain for the rest of the weekend, I think, again, after last night. 
but uh, the yeah, Uber Pass hooks you up, and and I'm super loyal. I uh, I don't. They don't pay me to say this. This was not part of the script, but uh, I legit use Uber Eats exclusively. Not only because I have the Uber Pass, but I also just now. I don't know if it's because of the Uber Pass or it's because I'm such a repeat customer. But I've got some sort of diamond status, and I get uh, phone oh, wow. support. So when, when I've had, you know, not that the issues come up, every, you know, very often, but whenever they do, I've got this awesome phone support that uh, always sorts it out for me real quick. So I'm a huge fan of Uber Eats, and again, that's not because they pay me to say that. I'm climbing my way up to that diamond status. I'll tell you that much. But uh, for now, I'll leave. I'll let you handle that, Shane. Uh, that's clearly more your wheelhouse. Respectable, my man. Always about that life, uh, for sure. But now that we have the orders placed, why don't we bring in the man of the hour, our guest, Toxic, waiting in the wings, ready to jump in here. Brother, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you guys. I can hear you guys. How's it going? Oh, it's going fantastic, bro. Appreciate you uh, coming through for episode three of the podcast. Hope everything is going well with you. Uh, if I can ask real quick, where, where are you at currently? Are you back home or are you like in your facility? What's going on? I am back home in South Florida right now. So dealing with the hot weather. Everyone else is cold. I'm still like, we're barely cracking the 60s, man. But yeah, I'm back home in South Florida. <laughs> so Nice. I'll be down there over the holidays talks, uh, you know, in the uh, in the like the Naples, Marco Island area. I don't know if that's anywhere near you, but if so we uh, maybe we can link more, up. It's more on the other coast. I'm I'm oh okay. You know, I'm down near Miami, so I'm about an hour hour north of Miami or so. Okay, well I'll be there for a bachelor party next year, so maybe I'll hit you up for that. All right, there we go. Yeah, right, looking forward to it. Well, well, dude, well, yeah, yeah, come out, Phil, man. We get to see you in person. It's been too many years. Uh, talks, man. Like I said, you know, I already pumped your tires a little bit, but four-year 2K League veteran, the man behind the eyeball empire, you know, just a dude who is very well regarded in all walks of the 2K community. You've done a ton, and I know this offseason's been been a big one for eyeball as well, but uh, you got your start in another game, so why don't you just, like, walk the listeners through, like, where, where did Toxic come from as a gamer? How'd you get to the 2K League? All that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a long, long road, huh? Long story. Um, I first... You know, I got into gaming at a young age, like, you know, I was probably 10 or 11 years old when my parents bought me that the first Xbox, the big bulky Xbox with the, the if you guys remember the old Xbox controllers that were like huge, they were like, oh, yeah. uh, oh my God, you can even like wrap your hand around it. That's when I first started, <laughs> I first started playing Xbox and, and funny enough, I was listening to you talk and you were saying that your favorite esport is Counter-Strike. Um, and I actually got, my first game that I played was Counter-Strike on Xbox and I just oh, like, I fell in love with it. Like I just, I fell in love with it. I, I played that so much, and then slowly transitioned into like Halo One. And at that time, uh, my brother was actually playing, and my older brother was playing. And he's a big gamer himself, so he introduced me to it. And a lot of my neighborhood friends would play it, so we would we would bring our Xboxes over to each other's houses. We'd hook them up on land, you know, a land network, and we two v two each other in Halo One. And and that's where I really fell in love with like the Halo series, and and dove into that competitively. Uh, started finding out about like some local tournaments around my area. Actually, my mom came home one day from school and she had a flyer for a local Halo tournament. This is when Halo 2 had just come out. And at this time, I'm probably 13 years old. Um, so I went to this local Halo tournament, 13 years old. There's probably 50, 50 kids there maybe. And I win this Halo tournament. I'm like 13. I'm like one of the youngest kids there. Um, come home with like $500. I'm like, man, this is what I'm going to do for a living. Like I, I figured it out, <laughs> mom and dad. This is what I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, funny enough, it's like, you know, it's 18 years later, it's like, it's actually yeah. what I'm doing. So, uh, that's, that's where, that, that's where it all started with me with Halo. Honestly, like that's, that, I fell in love with that. I fell in love with the competition. I've always been, you know, 
a very competitive person, played sports my whole life. Like, you know, everyone has that, like, that that niche, you know, that, that itch to want to just be the best at everything they do. And I've always had that. I um, mean, it transitioned over to gaming, and I started going to Major League Gaming tournaments. Uh, at the, I believe my first one was, like, I was 14 years old, I think, and I flew to Chicago. I had to beg my mom, cry and beg my mom to fly to Chicago to play in a video game tournament. And this is, like, 2006, so she's like, absolutely not. You're just not... It's not happening. <laughs> not doing that. Yeah. Somehow, you know, I, I managed to let her. She put me on a flight, flew me out to Chicago, and I played in the tournament and placed like top 16 out of, you know, I think at the time it's like 256 teams that used to go. And, and that was the story with Halo, man. Did that. Did Halo 2, Halo 3. Then Halo started to fall off a little bit. Went and played college basketball for four years down in Miami at a school called St. Thomas University. And always played 2k you know like always always played 2k with my teammates or like my friends and funny enough like i used to watch ninja all the time and we i used to compete with him in halo and at the time he was streaming on justin.tv there was no twitch it was yep. justin.tv and i used to watch him on justin.tv play 1v1 halo on reach on halo reach and he'd have you know 100 viewers 200 viewers i remember sitting there in my dorm room one day saying like i could do that like I could be entertaining and talk and just game. Like, who couldn't do that, you know? And that's why I dove into streaming. I dove into streaming in 2K17. Uh, really didn't play any Pro-Am, nothing like that. Was just a content creator. Heard about the 2K League. And honestly, I'll be like, completely honest. When I first heard about it, I was like, there's just no shot. That, that, that's not real. You don't hear about, a you know, a league like the NBA combining with a game. You just don't hear that, especially from Halo, right? Like, we, we used to play tournaments in, like, hotel rooms. Like, we didn't ever hear about, like anything like that so I, I found yep. out about it tried out and i guess i got lucky right i got drafted to cleveland season one and been going ever since so been going ever since well man it's funny how ma how many of us have the same kind of experiences from those earliest days of gaming like you you know when anytime you touch on counter-strike you could open up a, a can of worms that's going to take me down a 45 minute rabbit hole and we're right. going to suck all the time out of this podcast but i'll tell you i had the same kind of experiences like i was in the counter-strike super early like 99 2000 i would go on uh, on irc and and meet these dudes and these dudes i was gaming with were all from queens new york and this was like way before social media so i'm not about to admit to my family like i'm talking to dudes from queens new york every day because right. they're going to think like that's some weirdo <laughs> stuff right right right, right. And I, remember I went to visit my aunt and uncle in new york and uh i just like peeled off one day i was like yeah hey, i got i'm gonna go meet up with this friend or whatever and i was still pretty young at the time and just went over to web 2 zone because these guys have been talking about web 2 zone since the beginning and that was like the famous land in new york back at the time and so i just needed to check that out in person you know all these old crt monitors and stuff but and then the last point i'll touch on from what you just said is that when when it came out on when counter-strike came out on on xbox I had gone from like having a PC, playing 1.6, then kind of went to school, uh, just had a, a laptop for school, didn't really have the rig for Source when Source came out. And Source never really like scratched that itch for me the way 1.6 did. And I think like right. pretty much everyone in the Counter-Strike community still feels like Source is like the worst Counter-Strike that ever happened, to be honest. Even like those little flash in the pans, like Condition Zero, people like rank them higher. They might just be, you know, capping. But uh, same thing happened. Like I heard it's coming out on console. I'm like, perfect. This is like an easy way for me to get in. You know, I just need to get a console. So I remember going out, buying like a brand new Xbox just for Counter-Strike to come out yep. on, on Xbox, got like a cooling system, got like a little keyboard so I could <laughs> type quick because I didn't want to be frustrated, like yep. you know, having to type yep. with the, the little X button and stuff like that. And it was just so janky. And like I played it too. I remember I climbed to like 200 in like the world rankings, but mm -hmm. there was only like 30,000 players, you know, and that's total. So like who knows how many of them were actually active, but it was just such a small player base. 
And meanwhile, I'm watching the PC version, just getting all these patch updates and the game's getting more and more refined and I'm watching it on Twitch. And true story, I went to a rave for my like birthday. I can't remember what birthday this would have been, <laughs> early 20s. And I run into this dude and, and we're going back to my place after with some friends and we kind of hit it off with this random dude we met. And he's like, hey, can I come with you? I'm like, sure. So we're on the balcony and we're hanging out and he's like, we're just talking. He's like, yeah, I'm actually like a, a huge nerd. I'm a big gamer. And I'm like, no kidding. I'm like, me too. And he's like, looks at me. He's like, Counter-Strike? I'm like, oh yeah. And he's like, dude, <laughs> Dude, he's like, I got a whole crew from Toronto. We play all the time. We got an ESEA open team. You got to join us. And it was that conversation that like made me yep. finally buy a gaming rig and get back into it. And then that got me back into the esports industry. So he, yep. he actually, because now he's a client actually for us at, at MLSC. Wow. And he tells me, he's like, I feel a little bit responsible for putting you on this esports path because I got you back into Counter-Strike after all those years. So yeah, it's crazy yeah. how we all went through that same stuff, you know? All right. It is. It is. I mean... Counter before if I didn't touch Counter Strike, I probably would have never touched Halo. You know, so it's crazy. Well, speak, I mean, speaking of Halo, like you know, Halo Infinite dropped right now. Like, do you do you feel like this has kind of recaptured some of the magic of those like those fun early like glory days? Because a lot of people are saying like mm. like this is it, like this is the one. How do you feel so far? I know I gotta yeah. imagine you're playing a ton of it. Yeah, I've been playing it nonstop, honestly. Like, and I, I complete non bias here right like obviously i'm a huge halo guy and like yeah i can have the argument about the best halo of all time which is halo 2 and then uh you know but the game is great like i've had so much fun on it and and this is really still a it's really still a beta technically is what they're saying um but the multiplayer has been great it's been a lot of fun it's been it's been smooth uh it gives you that feel of like a lot of the you know the older halos like a halo 2 halo 3 vibe but with its own mm -hmm. twist on it as well as a new halo so it's not like oh it's so nostalgic but it, it, it has a it has a clean blend of of old and new that makes it a lot of fun like you know little things in the game like the grapple hook where you can you know run and grapple across the map like if you would have showed me that back in the day i'd be like absolutely not that cannot be in halo but now I'm, I find myself like it works, right? Yeah. I find myself yeah. looking for it on the map because I'm like, yo, this yeah, is so yeah. much fun. Like when you make a good play with it, this is like, yo, this is great. Like, so I think they've done a great job. Obviously, it's it's super exciting to see it, you know, back. Um, a lot of my friends are competing. It's it's nice to see a lot of these big orgs getting back into it. Um, I know like Optic and Phase and a lot of these guys have teams, so that's awesome to see. And and like the whole HCS, like they seem to have a a, a clear cut plan for the competitive scene and. You know, competitive Halo was really like the foundation of a lot of competitive esports. Like you know, before Call of Duty was Call of Duty and and all these other games. So it's nice to see Halo kind of getting back on the right track and and hopefully making some noise this year. So we'll see. Yeah, I know. Like uh, Adam Apicella, who runs Esports Engine now, yeah. he you know he was like that OG MLG dude. Uh, mm. You know, kind of running the show, I guess, when uh, you know day to day or like execution level when uh, Sundance and those guys were kind of you know the the owners of the business. And uh, now they're making a huge move into it, right? They've been contracted yeah. to to run this pro circuit, and it's it's a huge collaboration. I know ESL is involved as well, so that's exciting for Halo. I would say like Halo was that game I touched for just a little bit. Like Halo Two in particular, I was in university, and me and my buddy would play two v two, and uh, I remember like we would we. Would would always hover in the high 40s but like one sunday we just grinded for like 12 hours and hit 50 for like one or two games but then if you take a loss at 50 you're oh, back you down drop. Right? Yeah. yeah 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 it, it kicks you right back down but it looks hey. like you said it looks awesome man like compared to battlefield i started like watching battlefield and it's like people are driving vehicles up buildings yeah, like the yeah. ragdolling in battlefield yeah, yeah i heard about janky. it like it like battlefield looks like a beta halo looks like it's been in qa for two years you know and right, i yeah, saw like i, I don't know 
I don't know if you know Green Skull from Toronto. He's like a OG Halo mm-hmm. content creator. Anyway, good dude. Uh, we, we've collaborated a couple times here, um, but he's like OG counter or OG Halo dude, and he's been like beta testing it with them. He's been part. He's in the credits. He's part of some small community of those okay. like OG Halo guys who have been giving them feedback and play testing it for like two years now. So that's the way you got to do it, honestly. Yeah, you know, absolutely. ship the game when it's ready. Right. I agree. I mean, I don't know the exact time of it, but like. How long has it been since there's been a new Halo? You know, Halo Five was the, the the last Halo that had dropped before Infinite, and that had to be probably four years ago. I would say. I mean, maybe even five. I'm not sure exactly. It's been a while, right? So, like, I'm glad they took a little bit of time on it, and it's 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 starting. To, it's panning out the way it is. Again, this is only like a small taste of what they expect to give you on on launch day, which is December eighth, I believe. Uh, so it's exciting, man. It's exciting news. Like, I know the first tournament is actually right around the corner. Like, I think they're doing something in Raleigh, North Carolina, like December 17th or something like that. So I might just go and and see some of the old faces and old friends and and, and just feel the vibes. Because, again, like, that, without that, I wouldn't even have gotten into 2K or got where I got. So um, it's great to see it back. I'm super excited for it. It's actually perfect that that kind of, like, uh, helped guide your path. You know, obviously, like Shane talked about earlier, the eyeball empire that you Mm -hmm. run, you know what I'm saying, front man for that. Like, that's really a good look. And, you know, all these early games kind of helping to lead you on that path. But talk to us a little bit about eyeball, man. What's going on uh, with the empire these days? How y'all looking? Yeah, I mean, it's been, again, that's another long story, right? Like, started in 2k17 for those people that don't know um really start off as just a small group of friends that you know anytime you get on the game you want someone to play with you kind of want to rep the same brand you know uh and that's that's how we started it wasn't anything more than that um obviously once just i got tag, into the league yeah, that was it i mean you know even back <laughs> yeah. in the day man like with with cod or like i don't remember if counter-strike had clan tags but you could always do a little tag and it was cool to see like yeah. you're in a lobby with a bunch of your friends with all the same tag and like yep. it was bragging rights you know what i mean it's bragging rights so like that's what we kind of formed in the beginning and um after joining the league and kind of seeing the you know the projection of where 2k was going and content creation and everything else i realized that you know, there's there is no like big org in 2K. It's it's really an untapped market. I felt like, um, and I've I noticed a lot of guys had great personalities and maybe weren't as good as in content in certain areas. And I felt like I could help guide those guys and mentor certain guys and and do that. And it's really it's really become something bigger than I even ever expected it to be. Um, you know, Shane, we touched you touched on it a little bit working with like Cyclonic and and other guys like that design team itself that I've they've put together is like. I mean, they're it's great. Like, it's the work that they it's do. It's amazing. Is like, and it's like mostly volunteer, right? Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, I don't yeah. pay any of them, but they care about it just yeah. as much as, as I do. You know, Sai's been around since the beginning of it with me. So he used to make, you know, little bubble letter, like graphics for like Twitter kids. Like, and now, you know, he do, he's doing great work with, you know, NBA teams and you guys. And, you know, we've had probably four or five different designers, um, land jobs we have you know jazz working oh, for nice. she worked for duke university wow. and now she's working for uh the atlanta hawks um you know we've had our guy alpha who does a lot of stream work work for some of like the most known nba players for their streams you know anthony davis uh jr smith it's, it's crazy to see where it's gone the levels it's gone so um and without help from guys like you know cyclonic and it wouldn't be where it's at but um to kind of wrap it up quick like phil yeah with us we're just Continuing to stay uh, focused, you know, trying to get the right guys in and and kind of weed out some of the guys that aren't on the same wavelength as us. You know, uh, I think I'm, I'm still in that stage where it's like I'm still learning too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still learning like what what type of people I want around me, 
uh, who's committed because at the end of the day, it's not easy. You know, like we're, we're a startup still, like we're still trying to get off the ground and we need people who are committed to their craft. We need people who are going to be committed to content uh, and be good people. Right. And uh, so I'm, I'm always looking, but we have some really good faces right now that we're, we're building on and we're trying to expand a little bit and uh, you know, we'll see where it takes us um, from here. So. Yeah, your, your creative team is super, super legit. I mean, like, we, you know, I think most people know we work with a lot of freelancers. I actually just got the list because uh, anyway, I just saw the list of all the people we've hired as freelancers over the four years we've been doing Raptors Uprising content and people come and go and then, you know, you, you, you hold on to the really good ones. And Cyclonic, definitely, like when we put him on six tape, which is for those who don't know, it's like our weekly mixtape that we put out, yeah. highlights from our 2K League games. When we put him on six tape, it just like changed six tape, like, you know, took it to another level. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, whenever I am looking for, someone if if someone comes through and has eyeball in their tag or their resume you know that definitely puts them in right into the interview stage because you know you guys always have just super legit creative work and that, even just hearing that right like is like it's super humbling because again 2k17 it was a thing i started with guys just to play park with right and now it's actually giving people opportunities to land jobs and do things they love to do so it's it's awesome to it's hear legit it's a legit brand that just started out of like, ah, we just want the homies to, you know, we just want to rep with the homies. Right. That's, that's, right. Dude, that's the best way for it to work out because you can just look back at it like, damn, we really did this. And like, you're just continuing right. to like climb even further. Like that's, that to me uh, is, is legit. It feels so unforced too, right? When it happens organically, like our, our best content, exactly. like our best sponsored series have come like very, very naturally, you know, like the five house thing, like that was like, it just happened so organically. Uh, you know, the, some of the stuff we've done with agent zero, it's like literally like a meme will happen. And then like some people will start you know, repeating something in the comments. And then I'm like, Hey agent, like what if we turn this into like a series kind of thing? And it always works out the best that way versus when you're just kind of like forced stuff. Well, that's exactly. great, man. Good luck with Eyeball Empire. I know, you know, Kev, who's not here today, but uh, who helped make the arrangements, you know, he's been keeping super up to speed on all the tournaments and stuff you guys have been running. It seems like Eyeball is like very active this offseason. And it feels like this this offseason like needs some of that because it, it's felt a little flat, I think, you know, mm. compared to compared to past years. And so let, let's transition into 2K League and, and where we're at right now. And so again, I, I mentioned to the viewers off the top that we would catch you up on everything that's been happening on this like few week hiatus that we've been on since we recorded last. So I think first things first, because we are the Raptors 2K podcast. Uh, so we, Raptors Uprising, have protected our now five-year veteran, Kenny Got Work, our first ever draft pick. And I don't know, like, I think one of like three or four players who's still on his first uh, team, his like season one team, yeah. maybe even the list is even less than that, but, you know, just speaks it's volumes literally. to Kenny's... Yep. Yeah, Kenny's ability and, and just who he is as a person, obviously. Uh, we also uh, protected that boy Dimes. So Dimes, we did that trade for right at the end of the season. You know, again, I was pretty transparent at the time that uh, we were, you know, tooling up to try to make a run in the ticket. I felt like we had worked through all the problems that we had had earlier in the season and bringing Dimes in kind of changed the dynamic on our team. And we had, you know, Cook back on lock and everybody kind of playing their primary positions. Uh, and we saw some great things. We, we fell very short and there's a North Code episode uh, coming up. We fell very short of our expectations and when you watch this north code episode it's heartbreaking for the for those fans of ours who were mm. along with for the ride with us because we were dominating that series like game one wa like washed them game two they got off to a you know really hot start we were just you know and it's funny because you look back at the plays like we were making the right plays we were making confident plays we were going for those oops and stuff like that and we just kept getting like the bad 50 50 bounces honestly i mean a couple mistakes here and there but it put us into a hole we pretty much controlled the rest of the game but the hole was just so big that it you know came down to the wire and we ended up losing game two same thing game three out of the gate hot 
just collapsed in the fourth quarter and then got knocked out in the first round of the ticket. So, you know, that was super sad. But the point is, we saw the potential of that team. And I'll say for for me, you know, Kenny has been an amazing leader. He was MVP, etc. But Dimes just has a way with floor generaling the offense that I just noticed right away. It just kind of changed things. Like, I think when Kenny can focus on his game on offense more and not worry about the rest of the floor, it unlocks his potential. Whereas Dimes really likes to work the floor kind of like a chessboard. Uh, and then Kenny, obviously, on defense, you know, takes over the reins as well. So brought those two guys back. A lot of questions around who's going to be point guard, you know, what roles are each of these guys going to play. I'll tip a little bit to what we're thinking at this point in time. But we also have a top seven or, or our seventh overall draft pick this year. And that's our highest draft pick we've ever had. So whenever you're drafting that high, you want to make sure that one, you're not going to be drafting that high again. So you got to take advantage of those picks while yep. you've got them. Uh, and and then, you know, the last uh, player that we that we protected was type. So, you know, types a guy I believe in big time. You know, he's had his past in the 2K league. You know, he's He's had his uh, transgressions, I guess we'll call them. Um, but uh, I've seen, you know, this guy's character and potential. And I know he's uh, really focused on just bettering himself and growing as a person. And, you know, this year when the team was struggling, he was always able to just make things happen for us and, you know, put up big, big point, big numbers on the box score, you know, every game. So it just made a ton of sense to bring him back. And I'll say the early intel that I'm getting, and I'd love your thoughts on this talks, but the early intel I'm getting is just the way that this game is playing. You know, it's going to be tailored to a guy like Type, who's a little bit more agile, you know, less of a paint masher, a little bit maybe more dynamic uh, of, a, of a center. And hopefully we can get him back to that like top defensive center in the league type of reputation that he had when we when we made the initial trade for him. And then as a reminder, we did the draft lottery. So that's where we got the seventh overall pick. We were like top four percentage to get the first overall pick and, and obviously fell from there, which was unfortunate, but we move. Uh, and then the other thing that happened this week was the expansion lottery. So Duke's Gaming, the new Mexican franchise, uh, has now uh, locked up three players. And there were a couple huge trades that went down this week as well so we're going to want you to weigh in on on all that stuff talks but uh i guess you know we'll we'll start with uh you know what, what's kind of top of mind for you looking at that uh expansion uh draft like what are you thinking about duke's gaming and the picks that they made yeah i mean i, I think no surprise right with mario going first i think we kind of all knew that was going to happen um given that given his past with them and and just his relationship with them we kind of knew that was going to happen um I think they did a good job. I mean, I don't want to be too critical of them, right? Like, they're new, so, like, we'll see how it goes. But I, I probably would have picked maybe two different people, just in my opinion. Like, I think when you're a startup team like that, like, you got to just take the most talented players on the board, right? Like, I think you just take the best players on the that are available. And, and you know, you know BP's a guy that I think is obviously like you know he's had his transgressions too right like he's had his issues as well but you can't deny his talent um he's a great player um so maybe i, I might have leaned towards him a little bit uh, as the point guard pick just because like you know he's gonna score the ball and like his his overall skill level is there yeah but you know i like the bezos pick uh bezos is another guy he's a veteran he's a mature guy like he's gonna hold people accountable um, he has the experience in big games, obviously just coming off a of 2K League, um, you know, finals, obviously they lost, but still to make it there is impressive. And he's played multiple positions before. So um, I like where they're at right now. I think Killy has a lot of, you know, is has big, he's got big shoes. Like, is he going to play point guard? Is he going to play shooting guard? Because we haven't really seen him at point guard in the league yet. And that's, as we all know, that's a whole different ball game when you're playing point mm -hmm. guard in the league. And, and, and like the team is your team, you know, so. Can he handle He's that? He's probably or, the two, no, because they got a fifth. They got a fifth overall pick, right, so I feel like right. they're going to look for a primary there. Kill right. the we'll two. see for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, depending on who falls again, like 
I'm not super high on the draft class so far, but like I think there is some really good talent. But I think, like especially in point guard, like I think it's going to be gone quick, you know. So um, we'll see if they land someone. But you know, for the most part, I think they they did a good job. I'm glad you Dude, brought I, up. Dude, I got to chime in on, on that BP comment. Like, I think there you go. I think BP is definitely like a, as elite as it gets. But man, he's got a little Kyrie Irving in him. He's a little nutty. Oh, you got a lot of Kyrie so Irving in him. You got <laughs> he got but, sort, but, he like, got hey, sort listen, that out. Like Kyrie Irving's on a team still, right? Like I'm just saying, he like, is. He is. If Kyrie's on the court, he's probably he's an all star. You know, I'm just like I'm not saying BP's an all star, but you know. But I mean, BP was dude. tweeting like he was going to retire initially, right? Yeah, like I, mean, he, seen, I, mean, I, I think like, those were seen. antics just to get out of Atlanta, maybe. But we know, all you know, this that's stuff. It's smoke but, and mirrors, like you know. How yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know it's yeah, it's so. just you know spur of the moment anger or whatever you know impulse tweet kind of thing. But yeah, no, I I mean BP's a guy I've been like super, and Kenny will tell you right, like when he came into that league, uh, you know, season two, and he was dribbling like I've never seen mm -hmm. anyone dribble, and I'm thinking, okay, mm -hmm. I'm looking at the top twenty something point guards in the world, and one of them can dribble differently than the rest of them, and there's like tens of millions of people who play this game, like what is this sorcery, right? Like yeah. even as someone who doesn't get on the sticks myself, I could tell like okay, there's something going on here that's mm -hmm. you know, like it's like an it's like an instinctual ability that just like one dude has, and I get it too. He's also a grinder, right? He's always in the lab just like working on that stuff. But I'll say when we were in, was it Orlando? What was the Florida tournament? Uh, where's uh, yeah. Full Sail University? Full it Orlando? Sail to Orlando, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when we were at that tournament, we just got eliminated. And it was like, you know, the Friday night, it was like the the, you know, the venue was kind of peaking at that point in time. And it was Sixers versus, who was BP on at the time? Uh, Kings. BP, the Kings. Oh, would, have been, the Kings. would have been Kings or Atlanta? Anyway. Kings. Season two, he was on the Kings. Okay, all right. It might have been season two. Was it Orlando season two or season three? Anyway, point being, I think it was season he comes... two if we were in person. Okay, okay, right. True, true. Good point. Uh, so we're at that tournament, and I'm watching this dude, and he's just again doing crazy dribbles like I've never seen anyone do, and dominating, dominating. Yep. And I'm, and I also knew he had already tweeted that he wanted out of Sacramento, right? He's like, I want to trade, yep. and rumors where he wanted to get back to the East Coast, be closer to his mom, and uh, and in my mind, I'm like, and the GM's cooking. I'm like, oh man look at this rare talent like I gotta you know, how can we make a move and get this guy on our team right and I was always talking to Kenny about him and stuff like that and Kenny was always a guy we could slot into the lineup anywhere right so you know Kenny was never an option to trade but I knew that if we brought in a guy like BP and all of a sudden he had the ball like Kenny could kind of fit in anywhere whether two guard yeah. or other to be honest with you but then they started double teaming him and at that point, the you know, so it would have been the Sixers then just took off and just completely dominated. It ended up being like a very lopsided win, even though Kings were off to like a huge start uh, in that game. And so it just exposed for me that like just being a dribble god is not actually enough in 5v5-2K. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. I mean, it, again, like the talent's there. It's undeniable, right? Like the, the guy had a, his own 2K build named after him, named the BP build right. that every single yeah, guard was using in the game. So it's like... He's a meta builder. It's, right. It's nice to have a guy that is like just that much of a grinder. But obviously I know, you know, a lot of his issues. Another guy that I thought might have been taken was Goofy. Um, yeah. Obviously 2K League champion. Um, maybe his stock is a little down compared to where it was in past, but... You yeah. can't deny what he's done. Um, 
you know, great yeah, he's, talent. He, you know, he's Alex Wilson, so. Dukey's got his personality, you know, call it an ego if you want. But yeah. I also think he, he wears his heart on his sleeve and you can tell, right. that, you know, he's a good person ultimately. And, and I've had some really good exchanges with him. And I think he's shown like, you know, great moments of like being a leader and being a bigger person. But when you're a suitcase, like, you know, there's obviously something that, you know, that, that obviously sends a certain message, right? When, when a player right. with that much talent's moving around as often as he is, you know, that obviously starts to catch up with you a little bit. And, uh, you know, I hope nothing but the best for Goof. I'm sure he's going to get another shot and hopefully where sure. he lands, you know, it really works sure. out for him this year. I, uh, but yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the biggest thing for me is like, just because like this is season five, like even more people are going to be coming in and eligible. Like, I don't know. It just kind of goes to show like none of these positions are like as, as good as you are. Like you guys just highlighted it perfectly. Like nobody's position is guaranteed or safe. So I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, I think, you know, all those guys are going to get drafted. They're going to be fine. They're going to end up in a market, but I, I'd still be like sweating a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you have to approach this with like a certain level of professionalism yeah, like for the long for sure. term run I, if that makes sense well i mean coming that's from a toxic guy who, secret sauce like, like talks like that's your secret like, sauce let's be honest right like that's how you keep getting so many opportunities out, i was retained <laughs> one year out of four years in the league you know what i mean so like I, if you're talking about sweating in the off season brother <laughs> you're looking right <laughs> at them all right so uh, it, it does i mean it it, it obviously like and it, a guy like, for like a guy like goofy right like this is this is uncharted territory for him, right? Like he's not used to this. He's never done. He's never been in this situation before. Um, but maybe it's good for him too. At the same time, like he plays the game a lot in the off season. He streams a lot, um, and maybe it's just time for him to, you know, kind of realize where he's at right now in the game and and where he's at in his career with two K. And he goes somewhere where he doesn't have to be the face and be like, you know, the two K league champion and bring all this other stuff and just be goofy and and play the game and fill his role. And you know, maybe that will help him out. So. We'll see. And that and that's huge, I think. Like I'm I'm like absolutely convinced that you gotta grind the game in the offseason. You know, the players who take the offseason off, I just I think it worked for the first couple of years, especially when we were playing this like, you know, very like basketball sim, you know, league build. But as we're moving more and more to just like playing like retail and being able to bring yeah. some of those like glitchy retail yeah. exploits into the 2K league, you got to be grinding, uh, honestly, in, in the off season. And we talked about that all year as far as, you know, the players that we would be scouting would be players who were active and shout out Dimes. Sure. I mean, you know, that guy loves the game and he's been grinding this off season and having yeah. a lot of success. And, you know, we're like flush with Kenny Dimes and a seventh overall pick. So we got a lot of like yeah. potential at guard. But, you know, even just in our internal conversations, not to tip the hat, too much to our draft strategy but like dimes is definitely doing the things that we need him to do to be our primary next year and again kenny's so versatile and so humble as well that he's willing to yeah. slot into the lineup wherever it's going to set us up best for success so yeah. shout out. and you know just to touch on the expansion draft one time so um listen like obviously what duke said and then demonstrated was that they were going to try to build for character right they were going to draft sure. guys you know build a family and i'm glad to hear you say that mario was was such an obvious pick because you know i know there's a lot of people rooting for him and you know i don't know the game well enough to be able to say why it didn't work i mean obviously we know like the type of point guard that fab is um but it's you know it definitely i want to see a guy like mario come in from eu and you know make a splash and prove that hey those amateur tournaments that we're doing in yeah. apac and eu are actually a, a source of talent where we can right. take this 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 league more international so it'll be great to see with him being kind of like the face of the franchise now and obviously helping influence the picks that they make in this draft it'll be great to see if he can click and and you know hit some right. of the potential that i think everybody hoped he would have coming in but the the last comment on those guys is just like you know how impressed i was with rafa and mario on camera like i you know yeah 
I actually, when I sent Rafa a congratulations message, I noticed from like way back before season one, I had a DM from him that I just never responded to. And I had to apologize. I'm like, hey, sorry, I ghosted <laughs> you back then, man. Like, you'll remember talks like the, the GM thing was crazy before that season one. Like, oh, when yeah, you had yeah. like, uh, you know, Roger and Anthony and all these guys, like, oh, Twitter, God, Kier, yeah. Grant, like Twitter was just buzzing. Like, you know, there would be like thousands of likes and like hundreds of questions and comments because everybody yeah. saw this like open access to the 2K League and, you know, nobody knew how the draft was going to work and they thought the GMs had all the control. So my inbox yep. was getting blown up at that point in time, even though I was a nobody. Uh, and so I saw <laughs> Rafa had messaged me. So I'd apologize and be like, dude, I'm sorry I ghosted you back then, but like, welcome to the league and, and good luck going forward. But I was just super impressed by Rafa and Mario. Like, they just seemed like such genuine dudes, like very authentic vision. And I will say, you know, I agree with you. Like, I'm looking for the best talent and I'm willing to take a risk on a guy with like a reputation or someone that maybe is a little bit of a project. You know, you got to develop, you know, from a professionalism perspective or just from like a humbling, you know, their ego a little bit perspective. Uh, but, you know, we, egos blow up 2K League teams. And sometimes it's it those does. teams that just like click and, and grind and work and work it out and start to play as a five person yep. unit by the end of the season that have the success. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. think to win a championship, you need both. You need like just to have some of the top raw talent in the league and to all buy into the system. But you'll see teams overperform as a result of just, you know, being low ego and, sure. and really working together. And then you'll see teams completely implode who have too much talent yep. and too much ego, you know? Yep. Yep, hundred percent. You see it all the time. I mean, yeah. If you, if you look at if you, I mean, even if you look at the Wizards, right? Before they went on this run where they won two, you know, two years in a row, like a lot of people weren't giving them a good draft grade. Nope. You know, they were saying, "Oh, Nudini's gonna play what?" Like, and then he now everyone's praising him as the best power forward. You know, like before yep. that they were saying he couldn't run that, and yep. before that, Dave, Dave Fry was a toxic teammate and yep. all this stuff. And but they were a, a bunch of guys who bought in, low ego guys, and they listened to each other, and you see the result of it. So, I've had a couple conversations bro. this off season. Sorry, Phil. No, no, I was going to say like 100% agree, but you know what? I, I'm kind of sad for that team because I wanted to see if they could potentially right. go for a three-peat, but, uh, you know, losing your point guard. I mean, you know, like he's retiring for the, like, I get it, you know, school and stuff. Like, that's very important. I'm not knocking him for that, but just selfishly as a fan of the league, I wanted to see like them defend that 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 two-time title that they I had. Mean, you know who I, mean? Yeah. I mean, who did it? Of course, of course. <laughs> A good story. Line. It's like, yeah, it's. I got definitely, you know, I'm disappointed that I won't have a chance to put a team together that might be able to reinitiate the rivalry we had in season three. Because let's face it, we did not live up to those expectations last year. And you know, I had to like tell that, you know, to some of the guys over in MSC when it when it happened. I'm like, man, I'm I'm just kind of bummed I wasn't able to put a team together that could you know, carry on the, the rivalry because I really wanted our get back last season. And obviously we just fell so short of even being, you yep. know, in the conversation with them. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that we won't have another chance to see if a better Raptors uprising team can, can, you know, get our, um, get our payback, but you know, all the best to Jack. I mean, that dude came in and he did it the right way, you know, super. Yeah. I, I remember watching the, uh, the video that the wizards put out when uh, they had like the, you know, the NBA GM and AGM come into the room and talk to them about their draft strategy. And, you know, I remember like the one thing they said was find the point guard that makes everybody else better. You know, not the pure scorer, not the one, you know, not the, the ISO ball guy, but the one that makes everybody on the floor better. And that's what they found with Jack, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, dude, J JBM, Day Fry combination was sick. But you know what? Just to shift gears a little bit, we got the the reuniting of another sick combination that I've always been a fan of, Mama and Walnut back together. I, what do you guys feel about this trade? Because I was reading Twitter, and some people were saying 
the 76ers got fleeced in, in this deal about nah. being completely honest. No, that's what I was reading. That's what I was reading. I didn't agree no, with no, that. No, 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 no. Not, not according to how I'm sizing up the trade market. Well, yeah. well, yeah. Like, okay, like, from the casual fan, right? Like when you see Yusuf or Walnut, like I understand why people are saying that. Just because it's like you see Walnut, he's he's a super outspoken guy, like super charismatic, MVP, defensive player of the year. So like when you put that up against just Yusuf, like, yeah, I can understand why people say that, but you have to look at what they also got, like, what else they got. They got a first-round pick and a future first-round pick. Like, they got a lot of value, you know what I mean, in return for giving up Dane. Um, obviously, I was at, you know, I was in Philly last year. Um, so, I I personally love it. Like, I mean, okay. like, Dane, Dane, to me, is like, he's one of my best friends in the league. And being around him last year, I know it's a, it's a little different because like we weren't, we're not in person besides the playoffs last year. But like Walnut hasn't been Walnut without Nadal, you know, without Mama. Like they just coexist so well with each other, and like they bring the best out of each other. Um, it, it's so it's hard. Like it, you want to see them back together, and it's nice to see them back together in a different team, and you know, and with Crush yeah. at lockdown, like that's a scary three. And depending on what they do in the draft, like they that could be a really that- serious team. Those guys on land too, like on stage, you know, I think you nailed it. Like as a fan of the league, I just love those guys being together because I don't think anybody trash talks or celebrates more authentically than those guys. You know, when the two of them are like dancing on camera together or, or mama's doing one of his lives or whatever, like they're just so authentic. It's just so easy to watch and listen to those guys. So I agree. Now, listen, I want to ask you you know, there is consensus. And again, you know, I am the maestro, right? I don't actually know the nuances of the game. I can't watch Pro-Am and be like, that's the guy right there, right? Even Mm -hmm. after all my years of studying 2K, there's just, there's people in this community who have forgotten more about 2K than I'll ever know, that's for sure. And, you know, the, the intel that I'm getting is, you know, the way that we're shifting and with some of the unannounced but, like, worst kept secrets in the league that are coming as far as format changes next year, which, you know, we won't get into specifics, but I think anybody who's following the beat knows what I mean. You know, mm. is like I know that their their pick and roll has been like legendary and and you know Walnut really more so is like in the paint kind of center. Like mm. is you know do you think that it's gonna work with the way that the meta of the game is is going right now? Like because Walnut's a guy that I super <sighs> respect. Like I, I've always right. admired him. I want him on my team, but you know, I don't know like it, the the consensus seems to be that maybe that type of 2K is not going to translate so well into you know where we're headed well what i'll say is like and just from previous experience right like being a player and and going from off season to to season is like some most of the time what we expect the league build to be isn't what it is right True. so like i mean i've had you know i forgot what season it was but i've they flew me to california to test the league build um so i you know i thought i had a heads up on like you know what it was going to be like and i was telling i think i was on the magic at the time and i was telling jonah like okay this is exactly how it's going to play and like this is who we should go for and of course that like, it comes out and we all get it and it's like it was not even close to what i told jonah it was going to be like so yeah that was uh, premature i think that play test session right right so i mean it's 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 hard to say like listen like oh okay like his play style won't fit because I just think those are two guys who just, they just figure it out. I mean, True. every single season they've been with each other, they've, they've figured it out, right? Like, you know, season one, they were dominant before the patch, and then the patch came, and like, yeah, people said they weren't as good, and they had to adjust, and they and they were still pretty good after the patch. They figured it out. And then season two, you know, a lot of people said, you know, paint mashing was bad in season two, and like, would Walnut be good, and all this stuff, and they figured it out. They had like the best yeah. regular season record, and, and Adal raised his game a lot, and 
they played really well. And then, uh, you know, so, and then even uh, season three, right? Like they won the ticket, I think it was, didn't they? I'm pretty sure they won the ticket in season three. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, yeah. Where, where's Kevin when you need him? He's uh, he's on vacation today. He'd look that up for the, us. Um, but. <laughs> they beat the Sixers. They beat the Sixers in the, to 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 go to for the ticket, I think. Or it was okay. either them yeah, or the yeah, T-Wolves yeah. or something like that. Similar, um, so, yeah. look, like, you know, three years together and three playoff appearances, right? Like, so I think they're two guys who just know each other extremely well. And they, they understand each other's play styles extremely well. And, like, there's just a huge value to that, right? Like, so I think they're going to figure it out. Do I think? Do I know if they're going to win a championship? But I don't know. We'll see. But it's going to be exciting to see them back on stage and just like doing their sarcastic trash talk. And it's like I've experienced that, right? Like I've I've actually been on stage and experienced it. It's like I can't even get mad at them when I look up and it's like I see Dane dancing and the doll dancing and it's like. I don't even know if they're trash talking me or what. It's the doing, best but. kind of trash talk because you don't hate them, you know. Right, like, it's exactly, the best. Like even exactly. even standing on the other side, like you know, and because him and Use went at each other when Use was on my team, right? right I mean, right. Use had the famous "I'm a calm you down, boy" interview, yes. and uh, and like even like because there are times when I'm standing behind my guys and like uh, Mel would be like up, like just like barking at my guys and like oh, I just God. wanted to bark back, you know. But I'm like, okay, yes, Shane, yes. you're the GM, you gotta like mm-hmm. be professional. But with Dane, it never like. It's always no. like really solid and effective, you know, trash talk, but it yes. never like gets under your skin, you know? Never. Never, never. So it's, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool to see them back yeah. together. I think they're I think they're you know briefly talking with Dane a little bit after the trade. Like he's super excited for it. Like he yeah, you know, he they're such good friends, so it's gonna be cool to see them back together and, and playing. And Crushy fits like in so well it feels like too. Oh so yeah. He gets well, to get back closer to home. Crush is a gel guy, man. Like you throw him in anywhere, and and he's gonna he's gonna get the best out of his teammates. He's gonna be crushed no matter where he goes, right? Like he's gonna be a great communicator. He's gonna he's gonna control the defense and with with a defensive center like Dane behind him, like in the IQ on just between them three, right? Like they're gonna figure it out. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a scary Kings team if they if they get two other people that that fit in nicely with them. So. That's what's up. Looking forward to that's one of the storylines. Definitely looking forward to seeing uh, how that one plays out. Like, um, but for yourself, Tox, what's 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 yeah. the uh, what's the vibe for yourself for season <laughs> five, bro? What are, you, what are you thinking? Talk to me. Yeah, man. Like, I don't want to say too much, right? Because I, I don't I don't even know, right? Uh, but I'll be honest with the, everyone, and I think a lot of people are starting to maybe get the hint a little bit that like I don't know how much more playing I got in me. Uh, I love the game. I love the league. I love everything it's brought me. But if I don't wake up every day wanting to be the best player anymore, then I don't want to waste a team's time, you know, mm. and, and I don't want to waste my own time. So, like, we'll see what what, what happens next, right? I, I, I don't I don't know. But what I will say is play. I'm not saying I'm not playing, but right. if I'm not playing, I can guarantee you I'll, I'll still be part of the league in some aspect, doing something and helping out in some way and – and still having, you know, my hands on things. So we'll see. Coach Tox. Yeah, Coach yeah, Tox. Exactly. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> not confirming nor denying anything, but if rumors are to be true and there's no six man next year either, that, that also changes things a little bit, right? Like, you know, I, I'm not afraid to admit, yeah. and you know, we interviewed uh, last season, mm-hmm. like you were top of my, my list, uh, yeah. even though we kind of had our five figured out because, I mean, we went into draft with four and we only needed a power forward. Uh, but you were a right. versatile guy who, like, if we had problems at lock, you, we could put you into a lot of those secondary positions mm-hmm. for sure. But, again, you just brought, like, an element from a coaching perspective, like, you know, a good leader, I think, for the group. Yeah. Obviously, you know, your social 
social reach and you know how big we are on content around here. Yeah, so for sure. yeah, you, you fit a lot of teams mold, I think for a sixth man. And yeah. uh, if that, if that sixth man is not an option for teams next year, then like you said, you know, everyone's got to come in like really locked on playing and like having yep. a specific set role. And that's going to add a, another complicated dynamic for teams because, you know, we're one of the teams who have notoriously like changed our lineup, you know, consistently other yeah. than season three, when it just clicked from day one and we just ran with it basically like the easiest year for me as a GM other than we had to deal with the one situation but otherwise uh you know we've been one of those teams that's constantly experimenting and moving people up and down the lineup and you know this year it's very apparent to us that we're gonna have to come in with like much more of a firm plan we always have a plan you know what I mean but like you said the league build never kind of plays exactly like you expect and things right. ultimately change plans change I think it's like a Winston Churchill quote you know planning is invaluable but plans themselves are entirely useless because if you stick to a plan you know as new information comes in then you're probably not paying attention and iterating yep. you know to the best of your potential abilities yep. so. yeah it's it's you know it's going to be interesting for sure like if there is no the whole six-man thing um you know for me especially right like i, I turned i'm turning 30 in december so in the gaming world i'm i'm ancient right like my hands are yeah, not what the they used buddy. to be is what they, is what they all say right like i'm like the udonis haslam of the 2k league so um <laughs> It, you know, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. You know, I, I don't it, obviously last year didn't help me a lot. Like I didn't play much, you know, and I'll be first to, to own up on that. And I know that. Uh, and so, I, and I know that. But you know, again, like if I don't wake up every day loving the game and want to grind the game like I did when I first got in the league, it's like I I, I don't want to you know take make take someone else's spot or or you know have a team draft me because of my past of like okay who toxic is as a player and a person when they're not getting that that necessarily that toxic you know i have i have a lot of pride in, in how i present myself and how i carry myself and and in my i am drafted to a team like that team gets me and all of me and and if i can't give a team that then you know i don't want to do that disservice to them so we'll see you know again like i'm still kind of just playing things by year and enjoying my time at home and the off season and being with family and just kind of relaxing. Honestly, like man, gaming Halo has been super refreshing. Like it's just been kind of back to my roots and like just having turned on the waking up and turn on the game and make, man, like I just want to grind and have fun, you know? So it's, it's nice to do that. Um, Cause remember like for a lot of us, this was our hobby and our hobby turned into our job, you know? So it's like, where, how do you, what's your next hobby? You know, I, I didn't have another right. hobby. This was my hobby. So um, it's been a lot juggling that and figuring it out. So I, I you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of like soul searching in the off season and just having fun and relaxing. So we'll see what happens in the next, you know, couple weeks or months, and we'll go from there. I'm sure you'll hear it on Twitter or something. Whatever I decide. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. We'll definitely have our finger on the pulse, and of course, wishing you uh, the best in all those endeavors, talks, and of course for coming on the podcast too, man. This has been a, a course, great yeah, catch yeah. up and eye opening. I think our expectations for season five are, are through the roof right now. So. It's a lot of good stuff. And talk, talks as, as someone who hires, you know, the personnel in and out of game, like, you know, you have so many opportunities. It might be the right time to just like focus on that next chapter. And, uh, right. you know, I have no doubt that there's only more doors opening for you. And, you know, whether that's with an organization or honestly just taking eyeball to that next uh, level, I think you've got uh, a ton of potential. And, oh, I just heard it. The doorbell has rung. You know the what that means? Here. The shawarma on ice has arrived. The Shout West out Coast to the the West Shout Coast out Pizza Uber Eats, not only for, for, making, <laughs> for making the podcast happen, but also for delivering Phil and I lunch today. We appreciate Wait, you. Wait, real Uber quick, Eats. real quick. I got to I gotta yeah. ask something because earlier in the in the podcast, I heard you say something about chicken on rocks or something like that. Like, what Yeah, is, yeah. So my shawarma spot, they call it 
on rocks or on ice. On rocks is on like rice, and then on ice is on salad. So when I hear when on I'm rocks, like, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking a, a, a drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah I was thinking exactly. same thing, like ice cube or something. Yep. But it's, it, yeah, it's, it's on, been that way since we were like 14 years old. This shawarma spot opened, and it's like I don't know if you guys are Seinfeld fans, but when it opened up, it was called Pita Nutsy. It was like a, a little like nod to uh, to the soup Nazi in uh, yeah. in Seinfeld. And then as they <laughs> kind of corporatized, they had to change it to Nutso. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to name specific restaurants or not. We'll beat that out in the post. But yeah, uh, yeah that's like the go-to spot. It was like the hole in the wall that all my friends went to in high school. And now it's like franchised out, and they've got like you know I don't know, 14 of them or something like that across the city. But if you're ever in Toronto. We'll hit it up and uh, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. It's some go. of the best shawarma yeah. I've had anywhere I've been in, in, in life. Talks, man. Thanks for for coming out. Um, you know, I'm a boomer. I got boomer reflexes, but I also have like 20 plus years of first person shooter in me. So uh, if I get Halo installed, I'm, I got to upgrade my CPU, I think. But if I get that done in the next couple of weeks, I've been talking to my sure. cousin who's a gear guy. I'm going to get Halo installed. I'll hit you up and you can carry me. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm with it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on it all day. So let me know. Phil, it was All good right, to well, chat I, after too many weeks off, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, man, it's nice to be back. Uh, I eagerly await to hear how you and Tox hook up for uh, some Halo goes down the road. And uh, yeah, another great uh, 2K podcast, man. Big shouts to Uber Eats for, you know, really making this happen. And of course, feeding us and really just, you know, giving us a place to kind of talk 2K gaming and just chill vibes all around. It's always appreciated. Yes, sir. And we'll be chatting uh, more in the coming months. So more of these to come out more frequently. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one.